You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts. And our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander of AARP North Carolina. We've got a great program for you today, folks. North Carolina's Secretary of State, Elaine Marshall, is with us to talk about charity scams and how to protect yourself from them during this holiday season. But first, Ladies and gentlemen, we begin with a little chit-chat with my partner in crime here, the esteemed production engineer here at Curtis Media, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how are you, sir? Mike, I'm doing great. Always appreciate you having me here with you, and also anytime you AARP helps watch our pocketbooks, I always appreciate that as well. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, I'm uh, thankful for um, you saying that, and... uh, while we're talking about being thankful, how was your Thanksgiving? It was absolutely wonderful. It was very yeah. low-key, just uh, the immediate family, but we had a wonderful time. Oh, good. No cooking disasters. Everything went fairly smooth. Okay, no deep fryer turkey accidents. We, to don't, we don't set ourselves up for failure. You know, we stick to the tried and true so that uh, we're, we're good to go. Okay, good. My uh, Thanksgiving was very good. Went out to Michigan, spent some time with... Uh, some uh, friends and and uh, and so forth, and relatives of some friends had a really great time. Definitely exhausting. Came back ready to start the week, and uh, got a bit of bad news that fell right into my lap this week. Jason, you may know I'm, I'm a bit of a car guy. You are a car guy. I, I'm, you know, I uh, grew up. Part of that, I think it has to do with the fact that I grew up in a muscle car family. You know, my dad had a '68 GTO for almost 30 years. Was in the garage, and nice. it was like another member of the family. You know, it was like, well, are we taking this this car, or are we taking the goat today, Dad? <laughs> you know, and the goat was definitely a member of the uh, the older family. So for me, I've kind of carried that tradition and had different cars and, and created moments with it. It's been great. Um, my latest has been a was a beautiful 2021 Dodge Durango, and uh, it got stolen this week. No. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. I uh, went out in the morning and um, didn't see it. And I'm, I have a cataract in one of my eyes, and it was very sunny out. And I'm going, wait a minute, am I not, not seeing it? <laughs> like, I'm rubbing my eye, and did I not park it in my usual place? And... Sure enough, there was a pile of glass where my, uh, I guess my oh, window was man. at some point. So it's been uh, uh, a bit of a, of a difficult week kind of dealing with that adjustment um, and uh, at the same time realizing, well, you know, I can be thankful for other things. Number one, nobody was hurt. You know, there are much bigger problems. You think about all the things that are going on in the world that are troubling people. They're dealing with real issues, all right? And so a guy like me getting a nice truck stolen from suburbia, Okay, yeah, it stinks. It's inconvenient, and uh, I'm going to have to wait a little bit before I get a replacement for it. But um, it does put things into perspective, and that's what I'm trying to focus on during this holiday season, Jason, is uh, saying, like, you know what? Life does get in the way. Sometimes injustices happen. Sometimes people do get scammed and taken advantage of. 
and uh, you, do, you do uh, need to protect yourself. But if you do find yourself to be the victim of something, you got to keep your chin up. You got to realize, okay, these types of things happen. It can always be worse. Um, it's important to have people who care about you around you, a support network. It's also important to educate yourself to know like what your options are and what your recourse is. But always uh, gotta gotta realize that you know what um, I'm going to grow from this. I'm going to be a better person after this, and. Um, I may be able to help comfort somebody who goes through something similar down the road. So um, that's me at being my very best right now. <laughs> There's still a part of me. I walked out this morning and I was like, maybe they brought it back. And no, it's still not there. <laughs> and the glass, some of the glass is still there. But anyway, I'm adjusting. Um, and as we're talking about scams and uh, people being taken advantage of um, in sometimes very personal ways, I'm very, very happy that uh, we have our guest with us today to talk about um, uh, charity scams and other types of things that uh, can really be troubling for people and can be very, very devastating. Um, and so that being said, I'm very happy to welcome back to the show North Carolina's Secretary of State, Elaine Marshall. Secretary, thank you so, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we've started out on a very down note, but I'm glad you're positive about it. Always got to uh, be positive. Always got to be positive. You're going to get another vehicle and Maybe they'll find the other one and, you know, there'll be something in that spot that you're looking for. You can say, aha, I can jump in and go. Yeah, something better. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyway, we're at the, the end of 2023. And for a lot of people, this was 2023 was the first post-pandemic year in terms of being back in person. Uh, as you look back on this year, what have been the priorities for you and your team? Uh, the priorities for me and my team are, number one, health and safety of everybody. Uh, number two, uh, continuing to maintain high efficiency on the work that we do and good customer service. And you always, as a government administrator, have to think about cybersecurity. That's always got to be in the back of your mind. So um, knock on wood, we've done pretty well on everything, but you can't let up. You can't let up. And um, there are no, uh, you know, we are processing new corporations and LLCs at a very, very high rate. Mm -hmm. And we are working very hard to uh, get information out to these uh, so that they can become more successful. The attrition rate, unfortunately, for a lot of new startups is is terrible. Uh, we lose 25% in three years. We lose 50% in seven years. And my goal is to make sure that these new entrepreneurs have better chances uh, to, to know what resources there are out there from government and nonprofits to help them be successful. And I'm real concerned about rural areas because uh, we don't need those populations to continue to shrink. We want young people to be able to come home at the holiday and say, Mom and Dad, I got a job here in this county or the next county, rather than saying, Mom and Dad, I can't come home after graduation because I can't find the kind of job I need around here, even though I want to come home. Mm -hmm. uh, we, 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 we need to stop that brain drain, and as we can develop more local economies, uh, we're going to we're going to put a dent in that. I'm committed to do that. I have not given up on rural North Carolina at all, and um, I'm working very hard to make sure that the new entrepreneurs out there have a better uh, reach to the ecosystem. Here in Wake County, Orange County, Mecklenburg County, the ecosystem for entrepreneurs is pretty good, but when you leave those urban areas, there's not much out there. So we're trying to uh, let the people know exactly what is what are their local resources because. 
when you talk to somebody and you say, well, call Raleigh, their eyes start to roll. That is not a mm-hmm. piece of advice that they want to get. So we're, we're hooking them up with local resources to help them become more successful. Things like back office functions, uh, lenders who are loaning to small businesses, um, uh, HR issues, legal, you know, sir, preliminary legal issues, those mm-hmm. kinds of things where they can get free assistance. So um, we're trying to promote this. It's, we're not creating a new program. We're just an information vehicle to get it on out there. And we've gotten good success. Some of the lenders have said that folks have, from our work, have come to them to apply for small business loans. So we're happy about that. So. One quick follow-up on that, because we've been seeing in the news lately about about this, the startups, people starting business at, 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 at these very high rates. Is this something very special or unique with North Carolina, or is it nationally? Well, it, nationally, it started uh, about June, July of 2020, after mm. the pandemic shutdown. It, it happened in all states. Now, it has dovetailed off in some states, but not in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. In 2023, we've had the best August the best July we've ever had, and we believe that we will have the second highest year of new business creations this year, the highest being 2021. In 2020, it was about 127,000, and we jumped by 50,000 the next year to 178,000. We think this year will come in at 174 to 175,000, which is not very much off of the high number Mm. when you spread that across 12 months of the year. My folks today and every business day that we are open are creating 650 to 700 new business entities in this state. Wow. Technology is a, a big help. Wow. Uh, for, you know, we, we've made it so that folks uh, can't submit a, a, a flawed application. If they put in their organizing under the laws of South Carolina instead of North Carolina, Previously, that would come to us, and then we'd have to track back with the people and have them change it. Nowadays, they can't make that same kind of mistake. We looked at our choke points and developed technology to uh, make it uh, error-proof in those particular choke point areas, and it's improved our productivity amazingly. Mm. One more follow-up on that, because this is an interesting topic, and I'm sure there are people listening right now, maybe who have started businesses or are considering doing it. The types of resources that you and your team provide, what's the best way for them to okay. find out more about that? I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the website is sosnc.gov, then backslash rise, just plain rise, like R-I-S-E, you're going to rise up steps, you know. And RISE stands for Resources for Innovators, Startups, and Entrepreneurs. Mm. And that's where they go. And then they can plug in their county or they can do all across the state, all counties, to find out who these resource providers are. Excellent. Great. And, it- and the key is we're giving them a name of a local person in Bertie County that there's, they can call a local telephone number that that person will answer and an email that goes right to that desk that they're supposed to answer. An actual real person. Real person, yeah. And local's the key because people don't want to call Raleigh. They don't want to get in a big telephone hold and on and on and on. So we're trying to solve some of those uh, hangnail-type frustrations that people experience when they're starting businesses. Oh, that is great. I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to share that those resources and that information with people because we're hearing a bit of news and then people don't realize, okay, you have this you know, huge inflow of, apl- of, of new startups and so forth and sometimes limitations in, 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 the, in staffing to be able to meet, to have the capacity to right. meet that demand right. Right. and knowing that people can actually connect with a real person locally um, who has a sense of what's going on in the region, be able to answer 
real questions that that are helpful to people is really really great when we uh get back after this quick break uh we have to talk about charity scams in the holiday season and and how what people need to know and how to protect themselves you are listening to aarp without limits we'll be right back and we are back this is aarp without limits Folks, we always love to hear from you, and we appreciate any suggestions you have for future topics or guests here on the program. If you uh, would like to share your recommendation, please send us an email, aarpwithoutlimits at aarp.org. We've been speaking today with our Secretary of State here in North Carolina, Elaine Marshall. We've been talking about all the new business, small businesses and startups that have been um, uh, being created here this year and the support that is available to them. But we do need to get into a really important timely topic, and that is charity fraud. Um, it's always a problem during the holiday season and after a natural disaster. What does the Secretary of State Office do to help people if uh, determine if a charity is legitimate or not? Thank you for that question. Uh, we are the place where charities have to register if they are employing a professional fundraiser. Now, the law doesn't cover all charities. Churches are not included. Youth groups are not included. Uh, so there are some exemptions in the law. But when a charity employs a professional, a person who makes their living, or pays their officers, then they've got to file these. What we offer is transparency. Uh, if you're not sure that a, a, a charity is who they say they are, if the name sounds fishy or funny or because that's one of the scam things is to spell it differently or make it just something a little bit off uh, where you think it's a reputable charity that you think you're familiar with, but in fact, it's a scam technique to get you to give money to them. Uh, we provide an annual report each year of the registered charities, and we clearly do press conferences and events like this to let people know how much goes to the overhead costs and how much actually goes to the program, the charity itself. And in our database, you will be surprised that there are some charities where only 10% or 20% goes to the actual program, and the rest is consumed with overhead and fundraising and what have you. And North Carolinians are very, very generous, but I believe North Carolinians want a good percentage of the money that they give to actually go to the service that the charity stands for. And so we provide transparency. We do the public relations on this. And I'm pleased to tell you that this past year, North Carolinians were once again very, very, very generous. And uh, we had a $10.4 million increase in overall giving to North Carolina charities this year. It was $58 million total. Now, even though we're in these times of inflation and we saw that fundraising costs went up, charities did get $5 million more this year than they did the previous year for the programs. Mm. Uh, fundraising, the percentage uh, went up for the fundraising costs, but it wasn't exorbitant. It was what we believe would be attributable to the normal inflation that we're experiencing right now because everybody's car takes more gas and postage and paper and all those costs have gone up. But uh, we want the public to have the tools to make a good decision. If you go to SOSNC.gov and hit charities, you can get a, a, a list of questions that you should be asking somebody who might be seeking your dollars. Now, if we're talking about fraudsters and scams, number one, if it's an unsolicited telephone call, if it's an unsolicited email, Right then, first your 
radar ought to go off to think about, is this a scam? You didn't solicit it. Uh, the federal government tells us that in disasters in particular, and it, it goes over to other charities, that a high percentage of these are scam, they're fakes, and they tell me they're playing whack-a-mole. They'll take them down, but another one comes right back mm. up. So if there's a disaster somewhere around the world, they've got stock photos. Just as soon as, you know, word gets out that there's a disaster, there are emails coming in or websites popping up to raise money for those. I always advise people, if you're interested in helping people in disaster areas away from North Carolina, to give locally to an organization that you know has the capacity to deliver there. Because there are some well-meaning people that set up nonprofits, but do they have the capacity to do what they say mm. they're going to do? Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you want to give money for disaster relief in Haiti, I would recommend that you give to the Rotary Club or the Lions Club or the Baptist Men or the Methodist Men or the Mennonite Church or all the different ones that have Samaritan's Purse, a, a well-known charity here mm -hmm. in North Carolina, who have the track record of good delivery of services rather than giving to some unknown entity where your money may really be going into a sinkhole. Uh, and when you do it online and you're doing your credit card, I know that you can protest credit card uh, charges, but, you know, you've given that information to people who are scammers. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if you see something online that looks interesting to you, I would say rather than click through that, just take down the information and then research yourself and go directly to and see if if, if, if it's really there, see, you know, and go go look and see what other organizations are providing services that you have sought out, not something that they have kind of put upon you uh, without you initiating anything. Mm -hmm. So uh, be very, very skeptical. Uh, one of the things that they do is they, they, will, they can replicate, they can mirror uh, a, a well-known charity, put it up in theirs, and just tweak the email, the URL, just one letter. And if you're not watching that, you're going to go to them right. rather than, let's say, United Way. You know, way is spelled W-A-Y in the normal sense. Well, if they go up there and they spell United W-I-Y and you don't catch it, you've gone somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So people are very generous, but I hope they'll be a little bit skeptical <laughs> also to protect their pocketbook. And, and their gift of generosity is putting trust in another organization. So make sure that they're trustworthy. Right. There's so much good information you just shared there. Is there, th this time of year, it's known, you know, a lot of, a lot of companies and organizations do charitable giving month and, and they'll match, you know, what the employer puts in. Do you see an uptick in, in fraud uh, during this time <coughs> period or is it really just something that's always ongoing? And Well, fraud is always ongoing, mm -hmm. but the holiday time, people think about others more. Uh, um, I, I don't know about your mailbox, but my mailbox is full of solicitations and yeah. my email box is full of solicitations. <coughs> We've created holidays for giving Monday, giving Tuesday, giving something or other, you know, mm -hmm. and um, uh, we want people to be to be generous. But scammers know that holiday you know, people are either thinking about others a lot or people might be lonesome. They may have had some depressing uh, experience in their life during the holiday season, and sometimes telephone solicitors prey upon that. They become your friend. I'm using air quotes here for friend. And then later the conversation goes into money. And if a person is 
concerned about their economic well-being, sharing that information. And then sometimes the, these people, these new friends, come up with investment ideas for you of better returns. And they say, guaranteed? Folks, there's nothing guaranteed mm -hmm. except a, a, a FDIC-insured bank account. Um, so <laughs> we, people have got to be very skeptical. And Southerners, we're, we're nice and polite. You know, we don't necessarily challenge everything that we hear right away. But when you're parting with your money and you're putting your hopes and dreams on that money, doing something good for the homeless, for children, for poverty, for food, uh, animals, you know, just whatever it might be, you want to make sure that that money gets where you intend it to, to get to do that thing that you have invested your heart and soul in. Mm -hmm. And uh, you mentioned, you know, where people can really be taken in, you know, they develop a relationship with somebody and they're brought into a scam. With When it comes to investment scams, what's the best place? Like, like if somebody gets approached by somebody in their mm -hmm. church and they're like, well, this this new guy who's at the oh. church is pretty convincing and stuff, and it sounds really good. How? Where do they go to well, look Well, they go it? to sosnc.gov mm -hmm. and look up the person. Anybody selling you an investment opportunity needs to be registered in North Carolina. There are a few exceptions, but don't let anybody tell you, oh, I'm exempt. We're the only one. The Secretary of State's office is the only one who can say they're exempt. If you look them up, and they're not there, they're not registered, grab your pocketbook and run. Then also get the details, the official name of what they're wanting you to invest in to see if that is registered with us. Because again, investment opportunities in this state that are offered to more than just a small handful of people, like your family or mm -hmm. a little bit more than that, have to be registered. So if either one of those questions, the answer to it is no, keep your money and run. Now, if you find what's up there a little bit confusing, it's because it's a federal database. Call us. We're very happy to take those calls to tell you how to read that thing. I can tell you very clearly of a crime, multiple crimes that could have been prevented, had somebody of authority called up and found out that we would denied this guy a registration in North Carolina because of his bad acts in the state of Virginia. And he applied several times, and we denied him several times. The, he was out on bail from um, the G Virginia case and was offering to plead to give testimony against somebody else and came to North Carolina here and stole money from a lot of teachers close to retirement age. Uh, mm -hmm. We had to bring him back from Louisiana or somewhere. Once we got on his case, he left. But we got him back, brought him to trial, and he got a very, very lengthy sentence for a 60-some-year-old man, basically a life sentence. Yeah. But you know, frequently we can't get the money back because it's squandered on high mm -hmm. living and uh, sounding official and looking good and making charitable contributions themselves that they get some press about in local newspapers. Uh, so they play the game to uh, appear very successful at what they're doing. But that game that they're playing is funded by other investors' money that they're stealing. Right. Secretary Marshall, we're so happy to have you, we're so lucky to have you here in North Carolina do, doing such great work in, in protecting consumers. I really appreciate you being here back on the program again and uh, wish uh, happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you for the opportunity to thank AARP for, for bringing a highlight to these very, very important issues. Always need to do it. As you say, the fraud is always ongoing uh, no matter what else is going on out there. Thank you, uh, Elaine Marshall, for being with us. Thank you to Jason Kong for production here in the studio. Thank you for listening. This has been AARP. 
AARP Without Limits. I'm Mike Olander with AARP North Carolina, wishing you happy holidays. Thank you.